Since iTunes only keeps the last 100 episodes of any show, some of our show topics that seem to help the most people are no longer available when people search on iTunes. So, in an effort to make that information available to more people, from time to time we're going to re-air some of our most popular show topics. You can also go to kickitnaturally.com and search for any topic in our search box. For now, enjoy this show that originally aired in 2014. T.C. Hill is not a doctor and does not claim to be a doctor or licensed in any type of medical field. Don't be an idiot and use anything heard on the show as medical advice. This information should be used for educational purposes only and you should contact your doctor for any medical advice. Now get off me. Hey, 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 Welcome to Kick It Naturally. I'm Kenna McEnroe and I'm here with T.C. Hale, author, natural health expert, producer. Loner. Loner. I'm a loner. We're doing a show, and I'm all by myself in a room. There's nobody uh, here with me. It's really scary. Yeah, we're all so remote now, you know? Right? Technology. We're yeah, all we're in doing, different places. We're doing a technology show. We'll see how it goes. But we're all in separate locations because we each wanted to be in one corner of the world. Uh, which corner did you pick, Will? Well, I I picked Northern Cal because it's a, a perfect 72 degrees, and uh-huh. I Still record it without AC and be comfortable. So I picked Southern California. Where'd you pick, Kenna? I, I'm I'm in Southern California too. Oh I'm well, you did it wrong. Yeah, you'll need to go somewhere else. We wanted to do different areas. Yeah, I'm gonna go to New York. Okay, good. So we'll wait. Yeah. All right. So we Nina, also have- Nina says that she's in New Zealand. So she's oh. helpful. See, she's in a yeah, different she, location. Yeah. It's like one o'clock in the morning there, probably right now. All right, so we have a Will Hottie Patati Schmidt coming from North California area, San Francisco yeah. Bay. What's that's up, how, Will? That's exactly how we call it, North California area. What's <laughs> 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 Representing North California area. Yeah, yeah. What's your area code? <laughs> North. North, okay. Yeah, cool. Yeah. Uh, well, today's show topic is the skinny on appetite suppressants. Hmm. Yeah, we're going to talk about some stuff with that. Nice. I need yeah, to know be about good, that. It'll be a good time. We're going to straighten some people out because there's, there's some misguided individuals. Yeah, well, it is hard to suppress your appetite when you're pregnant, though. That, that's I know hard. somebody who's pregnant. So there's this yeah. chick that was supposed to be on the show last week. Will, do you remember we were just sitting there by ourselves and nobody was there with us because somebody slept through it was, the showtime? It was yeah. a horrible flashback to, like, senior prom. Right. But that chick was asleep because she's got the person inside of her growing. Um, and that would be me. I'm six also, and a half. Also flashback to senior prom. <laughs> Were your dates asleep and, and she doesn't know or she's asleep and you take advantage? Which anyway. Well, oh, okay. Con- congratulations, Kenna. It's very exciting that Kenna Thank is making you. her own person that she can boss around indefinitely. I can't wait. It's I've cool. already got chores waiting. <laughs> uh-huh. Yeah, there's lots of chores to be done. But the ripoff, they may not have told you this, but I can tell you from experience that initially all the chores are yours and, and you get uh, extra ones. There's a lot of extra chores that, like your wipe and poop. It's a lot of stuff. Well, and so what year does the payoff happen where they start doing stuff for me? When they're 17, you don't have to wipe their poop anymore. Okay, all right. Okay. I think that's right, Will, is, or is Northern California area different? It is a little different. We're three hours behind, so when you're 17, three hours. Okay. Okay, cool. <laughs> nice. All right. 
Well, so, you, are, well, Kenna, before we move on, are you excited about it? Are, are you nervous yeah. yet? Or how? Well, yeah, I'm all of it. I'm, I'm excited. I want the baby to be out like now, but knock on wood, come out when you're ready. That's right. Um, but um, yeah, six and a half months. I'm over the halfway mark and I've got a couple more months about to go in the third trimester. I'm huge. Good. Uh, <laughs> That's what we want. You want that. Yeah. Don't, don't, be, uh, don't be holding back. That baby's hungry in there. I'm a roly-poly. You just roll me around. I, I mean, I've really only gained 11 pounds, but for some reason, my, I mean, well, I was heavy to begin with, but I'm just like, my stomach is just like, whoa, it's crazy. Whoa. And every day I wake up and I was like, wait, that's bigger. That's bigger <laughs> right? than yesterday. That's a lot of fun. Yeah. All right. Well, can't wait to, to meet the, the little fella. He's going to be cute. That's gonna be yeah, cute. so it's a boy, right? It's a boy. Boys He's are good. Boy. Right. Yeah. And I think Kenna planned that just so that she could get a whole bunch of hand-me-downs from Zach, from Jax. Exactly. Yeah, I knew it. I was like eyeballing Jack's clothes, and I was like, I better have me a boy. Mm-hmm. So. All right. Well, enough with my baby talk. Um, so if you haven't followed us on Facebook, search for Kick It In The Nuts or Kick It Naturally with over 200,000 fans. Wow. I'm pretty sure you're not allowed to be on Facebook unless you're following us. And if you, if, blah, 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 blah. Okay. <laughs> if anything you learned on today's show is too sciencey, just go to kickitnaturally.com and download our free quick start guide to figure out the best place to get started. You'll find the link to this free and easy four-page guide on the right-hand side of any page. Cool. Yeah, so that can help some people get started if they're first-time listeners and get a little lost when me... Me and Will and Kenna start talking about catabolic things and electrolyte and fluty floody floofy. That's usually when I sleep and take my nap. Right. Well, that last show you took a nap the whole time, so that that should be yeah. you should be ahead of ahead of schedule. Yeah, you know, sometimes it just happens. You think, right. oh, I'm just gonna lay down, and then you sleep for hours, and then you totally forget you have any kind of like obligations. Right. Right. Well, we and it worked out well because Will played Kenna. And he did so well that he even talked about his diarrhea and stuff like that. Nice. Yeah. Well, now we need to talk about constipation. Right. Now, Pregnant that's, stuff. That's the fun stuff. That is good times for everybody. Okay, well, we'll, we'll talk about that in another episode then. Because okay. today we got to talk about appetite suppressant and a lot of misguided information out there. And that people just get confused. And I, I was looking through some stuff just to see what people are saying now. And it's... It's kind of funny because it just goes right along with all the crazy diet fads and things and um, ways to lose weight. And I found this thing that kind of looked through some of the things of the past. And like in 1920s, like the popular thing was like this tapeworm diet where they would install a tapeworm in you so that you would not gain weight. So the tapeworm was eating all of your food. That was the, the thought. And like the 60s they had this uh, sedatives diet where they just told you to load up on sedatives so that you could sleep like 20 hours a day so you don't eat any food during that time. Wow. And then in the 70s and 80s we had this thing called cocaine that everybody <laughs> right. snorted all day and so they would just be wired and running around tons of energy. Very productive time in American history. Yeah. Yeah. Well that's the whole internet boom you know. That's mm-hmm. when it was starting back in the 80s. Well, so there's been a lot of stuff, and so why don't we start off with Kathy's question, which kind of spawned this show and gave us the idea that, hey, we should cover this stuff. 
Okay, Kathy emailed, and she's from Virginia, and she said, I am looking for a natural appetite suppressant. Can you please help me? Thank you. So, Kathy, what we look at when, when we're helping people, especially with any kind of cravings or they're just hungry and starving all the time, they think that they need to suppress their appetite. But the important thing is that we need to listen to what our body is telling us. And so when there's something going on that makes you feel like you need to suppress your appetite, what we really need to look at is your body and see why isn't it getting everything that it needs. Because a lot of times either when you feel hungry all the time or you're craving stuff um, or you just can't stop eating, there's reasons for that. So uh, most of the appetite suppressant, quote unquote, I'm doing a lot of quote things here, uh, they're not going to be helpful because every person is going to have cravings, uh, a crazy appetite or be hungry for different reasons. Don't you think, Will Wolfgang Schmidt? I do think so, yeah. And there's... Our body has different hormones that it uses to help kind of regulate um, when we feel uh, when we feel hungry. That's that's the product of a hormone called ghrelin, and our body has reasons why it releases that. And there's things that we can do with our diet and our nutrition and our digestion to help support a healthy appetite and not and help it keep it so that we're not um, triggering like false senses of hunger, and we're also creating an internal environment that is one in which our cells are very nourished in a balanced way and that's the best appetite um, regulator that we want we don't want to just suppress it or excite it or whatever we want it to be like properly regulated through a healthy diet and good assimilation of our nutrients yeah so let's let's kind of break down a, a case scenario basically eh? because when somebody wants uh, an appetite suppressant, usually they're looking um, to lose weight. Maybe they're eating too much uh, junk or carbs or sugars or chips and these things that they're craving, um, or either that or maybe they eat and they're starving again an hour later. So we'll, we'll get into some of that. But in, in this scenario that we're making up on the spot here, when somebody wants to lose weight, it's usually a situation where they're eating too much junk. They try to eat less food or, you know, healthier food uh, from what they hear is healthier anyways. And, uh, and they can't do it. They find that they, by 3 p.m., they're craving seven bags of potato chips or, or a bunch of cupcakes or something. And so they feel like if they could just suppress their appetite, that they could win the willpower battle and be able to finally lose weight. So... What we want to look at instead of suppressing that is we want to look at how do we help the body get what it really needs so it'll shut up and it'll stop begging for nilla wafers. Mm -hmm. well, Kenna, why don't we do Michelle's question because she kind of got it a little bit and then we'll kind of get into more depth of what we really need to look at. Okie doke. Michelle, Madison, Wisconsin. Why would you want to suppress appetite? If you are hungry, your body is telling you something, right? If you are overeating, it's, it's an imbalance. If not, your body needs nutrition, right? If it's for sugar, you may have a parasite. Or crave food, may, or crave food maybe you have a leaky gut. All cravings are signs of good or bad. So thought we didn't want to suppress them, right? Right. So um, Michelle is in the support group. That's where she posted this. And I, I believe she works as a health coach, though she has not 
uh, taking our training. I think she's new to our world. So uh, a lot of these things are very accurate. You really want to look at the body. Um, I, I just don't like to say that if you're craving this type of food, it must be a parasite or this type of thing. There's, you know, for someone who's craving uh, sweets or even salty things, you know, there's about 15 different things that could be causing that. Blood pressure, want... all kinds of stuff. You know. Right, and that, that's, of course, that's the first place that we look is, is blood pressure because we want to know what, what's going on with minerals in the system and is there, does the system have enough? Um, because it's very common for someone to have a lack of minerals uh, that usually is brought about by digestion that is not working well, an inability to break down fully so you can pull the minerals out of the food that you're eating. And you usually see this with low blood pressure. Do you want to dig into that a little bit, Will? I do, but I first want to kind of comment a little bit more on that question that was just, was that, you said Michelle? Michelle. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it is, I, I do think she's part right. Like there yeah, is really. definitely element of like, yeah, you, you, Appetite is appropriate. Like, that's a good thing to have in our body, you know, like the ability to sense that it's cold out. Like, it's supposed to invoke a response. But it's not, I wouldn't say it's always the case that, like, hunger is um, because you need to eat more food. Sometimes it's because you eat certain things or put yourself into certain states, whether they're emotional or physiological that are triggering the desire to eat that um, that may be the product of some imbalancing thing that you either did before or are doing presently, such as if you've ever had like a really super high glycemic, like starchy meal, like Chinese food, which has tons and tons of calories, and it spikes your insulin levels really high, and your insulin uh, then like there's a ton of it in your bloodstream and, and it shuttles all that sugar and carbs and starch into your cells. And then you experience this dip in blood sugar and this desire to eat way more like an hour later, even though you just ate like a sumo wrestler. Like that, it's not, you're feeling hungry, but it's not because um, you need to eat more. It's because you ate in a way that created very unstable blood sugar levels. And that's a it's a common piece of knowledge is that you can do that with Chinese food, but a lot of people eat all of their meals with macronutrients similar to Chinese foods, where there's a lot of carbs that are um, spiking and crashing blood sugar, and either they're not eating enough fats and not enough protein, or they have an inability to break down those foods and use them correctly. So to the body, it's kind of like they didn't get those things. Yeah. Yeah, there's that, and then there are also maybe certain nutrients that you're just not getting in your diet. Like for me, I when I was vegan for a couple of years, oops, I, I, yeah, I I wasn't getting a really complete amino acid profile, and I would just crave like the one thing that I had in my diet that had a little bit of protein in it was almonds. So I'd eat like a jar of almond butter every other day. Right. Literally, yeah. I'm not exaggerating. A whole jar. No, I, I did the same thing when I was lunch. vegan. Again, oops. For lunch. Yeah. And it's so like there. It's not necessarily that I had too many or too few calories. For example, it was like a specific nutrient that maybe I just would, wasn't getting, and that could also happen from, um, like poor assimilation of a particular nutrient type, like 
if your uh, if your bile flow isn't working well and you're not assimilating fats, you get cravings. If you're overly carb restricted and you're a, kind of a fast sugar burner, you might need to be eating more of the, that particular kind of food. Or if your stomach acid is weak, you might not be assimilating protein well. Or you might be some missing some trace minerals in your diet that leave you craving. And it's not always just the answer just to eat more as it is necessarily the answer to eat smarter. Right. So yeah. if, if what were you going to say, Kenna? Oh, I was just going to say, like, you know, a lot of times people will say, oh, well, you're not really hungry. You just need more water, which, I mean, maybe sometimes you do. But um, I think that, I mean, is, is do you think that that's ever correct? I mean, sometimes I guess it could be. But for the most part, it's something like with your digestion being off or some imbalance or something that you're not getting. Well, for some people, you know, you can fill your stomach with water and, and feel a little bit better, not feel like, you know, so hungry. At least something's in there. And for other people, there may be an actual need for water there. But I, I agree with you that usually it's something else. And the problem is that this person that, that Will just described that's eating these types of things, and uh, maybe they're not digesting protein. And, Think about protein as this, this slow-burning log on the fire. It, it, it takes longer to break down, and that fuel can, can be converted into something that you use, and it, it can last a lot longer than a bag of corn chips that you rip through right away if you're that type of person. So if someone's eating in this manner an hour later, they're always hungry, whether it was Chinese food or not. So then they find themselves, you know, I got to tune in to Dr. Oz every week to find out what the, the new hot uh, appetite suppressant supplement out is so that I can get a hold of that um, because they think that they need to shut their body up instead of working with their body to help it out. Yeah, and I know so many people, why I brought up the water is I know so many people that are like, just drink a bunch of water. Wake up and just pound some water, pound some water before your meal, during your meal, after your meal. And I'm like, then if you have no stomach acid to begin with, you have even less, it's more diluted. And if you have, you know, low minerals or low blood pressure, it's even worse. Because you washed out the little bit of mineral you have, right? Worse, you know, in the long run. And that's one, that's a common thing that you see out there for, uh, you know, natural appetite suppressants. It's kind of funny the things that you see them talking about, like one of the things they list is water. Another one that's very common for them to talk about is eggs. Like, Eggs is a good appetite suppressant. Well, eggs is food. <laughs> it should be an appetite suppressant. It should, you just had food. So you shouldn't want more food after having food. And the other thing about eggs is that they're a good, well-rounded source of proteins, amino acids, fats, all of these good nutrients that your body needs. And when you give your body nutrients that it needs, it should stop screaming. So it's kind of funny that they call it an appetite suppressant. They, they do the same thing with like broth soups, which happens to be a very easy way to access all these kind of micronutrients that are hard to get from other sources that your body would be screaming for. And then once you give it some broth soup, all of a sudden you're golden. Um, another one they list a lot is sweet potatoes, which is, you know, when we talk about minerals, we well, I guess we haven't got to that yet. We talk... I threw that to Will, and then we went everywhere else but minerals. So we'll get there in a second. But when somebody has a lack of minerals, increasing carb or sugar intake can help that person as long as it's a carb that's not going to spike and crash insulin so fast and hard. 
And a sweet potato is a perfect medium carb food is what we call it because it has some good carbs in there, but not so many like a piece of cake or a, a you know soda or something like that that's going to spike and crash uh, sugar levels. So it kind of sustains you a little bit longer. So that makes sense that it would be a good way to uh, suppress your appetite, so to speak. If you want to learn how to look at your own chemistry to get a better idea of how your unique body is operating, sign up for our KIY or Kick It Yourself membership. Not only do you gain access to our four-week digestion course and our 12-week flagship Kick Your Fat course that normally sells for $129, you also get free shipping at naturalreference.com. Restrictions apply, but since the membership is only $9 a month, if you're already using the supplements we teach people how to use in our books and courses, this membership will pay for itself. You'll also have access to a reference system like you've never seen before. You can not only browse our viewpoint about hundreds of health topics in relation to bio-individuality, the system also allows you to search video and audio content. You even get access to a members-only private support group where you can get feedback from coaches I've trained and I even show up to do live Q&A videos on a monthly basis. All this for $9 a month. It's ridiculous and we don't care, but we just wanted to create a membership that just about anyone could afford. To see more features and sign up, go to kickitnaturally.com forward slash K-I-Y. That's K-I-Y. We'll see you on the inside. Of course we're going to see him on the inside. What kind of idiot wouldn't sign up for all that for nine bucks? Well, I'm, I'm still recording. Ah, I should probably pay attention a little more. So let's come back to this mineral thing real quick, Will, and let's talk a little bit about, um, you know, how the body will scream for sugars if there's not enough minerals and, and vice versa. Yeah, a big priority that you, you talk about, and I believe you list it first and almost every time when we talk about body chemistry imbalances is the electrolyte deficient state, which we typically kind of like categorize as someone who has low blood pressure, whose blood is maybe a little bit too thin and deplete of the various electrolytes that are present in it. So we'll see that if they're if they take a blood pressure reading and it's under like one twelve over seventy three, then uh they might be leaning in that direction. And when they are in that direction it really, really alters a lot of things about their life, especially how they feel, like anxiety, depression-wise, how much energy they feel they have for their day, um, how clearly they can think and remember, how well they sleep. How, how much well they, they might scream at their neighbor if they park in their parking space. Yeah. Stuff like that. Yeah. How well they digest food, which hormones are active, and also... Um, the, like on a very deep physiological level, like the orientation of their nervous system and like all the things that go along with that. So one of the things that the body does when the the blood is too thin, like the blood volume itself isn't thick enough to contribute sufficient pressure to help everything get the blood that it needs, the the body will deal with that by restricting the area that the blood has to occupy, meaning It'll constrict your vascular system so that the like the thinner and lower blood volume that's present will uh, have more pressure. Because if you reduce the area, then the pressure goes up. It's kind of like if you had like a gallon of water in um, a balloon and you squeeze a the balloon, then there's a lot more pressure on, on the balloon, right? 
So that same thing is a coping mechanism that the body does when they're electrolyte deficient. It helps the blood pressure be higher even when the blood volume is lower. And that strategy that the body does, it works. It gets the blood pressure up. But the way that it does that is by throwing your body into fight or flight, which is like also known as the sympathetic nervous system, in which the body's really anxious. It's ready to like fight off predators or run away from stuff. Digestion is deprioritized. Stress hormones are elevated. So all sorts of things go on when the body is in that state that really affect the quality of your life and you know the different tasks that you are or are not capable of. And so it's a big, big priority. And one of the things that can help fix that issue is having more stable blood sugar, which we get when we're able to digest all our different types of macronutrients well and burn calories from carbs and fats and proteins. That, that helps create a nice stable blood sugar environment. And another thing that also contributes pressure to our, our blood volume or to our blood system is electrolytes. Those electrolytes will also pull water towards them and create just more hydration inside our tissues. So one of the things we can help do to uh, keep that blood pressure and blood volume up at higher, more appropriate levels is to have lots of natural electrolytes in the bloodstream and very stable blood sugar. And when they are there, that will really, really help us not feel uh, overly panicky or, or unnecessarily hungry. Uh, but we will get severe cravings when those things are low. So you'll crave sugars and salts when your blood pressure is low because the body wants to use those sugars and salts to fix that situation. Right. So a nice little trick the body has is that if if the salts are very low, the electrolytes are very low, the body can buffer that with sugars. And if sugars are very low, they can also be buffered with uh, minerals or salts or electrolytes. So some people will crave more sweet and some people will crave more salty, but both of those are trying to fix kind of the, the same problem. So what happens is when both go very low, those cravings really kick in and maybe your body will just remember the last thing that was very easy to access sugar or salt from. So it might say, hey, those cookies allowed me to access sugar very quickly because processed carbohydrates are very easy to break down, especially for someone with a weakened digestive capacity. So the body starts to kind of scream for that junk and the person eats the junk and they feel better and the body's like, ooh, that was a close call. But right away, the insulin spikes and the sugar crashes and they, the body's screaming for something again. So you, you can see why a person would think that it, it's my willpower is weak. Um, I need to suppress my appetite. But it's not that you need to suppress your appetite. It's just that things are going haywire and everything is flying up and down in a muck. And you just need to get it all to calm down, to work correctly, and to work on a more even keel instead of these spikes and crashes and usually to achieve that you have to be able to access the nutrients that are in other types of foods beyond these carbohydrates and starches and things you need to be able to access proteins and fats so how do we do that will well that comes back around to our favorite topic most likely digestion and improving our ability to break down the proteins and fats and properly assimilate them is kind of the key to 
having really stable blood sugar and thus like eliminating inappropriate cravings, uh, which is a huge key to health overall, long term, not just to suppress your appetite. It's like there's much beyond maybe, that. Maybe Kenna, can you can you find out what your plumber craves the most? That may be helpful in this conversation. Because uh, here we have someone here who's not usually on the show. Uh, Kenna just said that she muted her mic as the plumber walked in. So maybe we yeah, can get help from. Yeah, we can hear I'm you. Back. I'm back. Oh, so do you know what your plumber craves most often? Probably um, non-high maintenance people like me. Oh, I, that would be a good craving. Okay, maybe that's not a helpful thing. Never mind. All right. So when we when we when we look at somebody who feels like they need to suppress their appetite. You know, if I was going to talk about one real, like, item that was going to be like an appetite suppressant, I would probably go to bone broth just because it contains so many nutrients that your body desperately needs. And the whole trick to not having this crazy, wild appetite all the time is to actually give your body what it needs. So we're going to talk about fixing digestion, but a lot of times if a person just starts making bone broth at home and drinking that... It's an easy way to access all of that while you're working on improving your ability to break down other foods, since that bone broth is already broken down and easily accessible. Yeah, there's a, <clears throat> that is a great option to, like, that's a great tool to use. Correcting your digestion through all the tips that we teach in our Almost Free Digestive Issues course at kickitnaturally.com is another big part of it. But then there's another side of it we haven't talked about yet at all, which is sort of the mental habit of, you know, like food addiction where there's it's not necessarily a real craving. Like you just keep thinking about food, even if you just ate. And that's a real thing, kind of like how people can get cravings for like cigarettes has another sort of chemical level. But they can they can also just get these habits where they they are obsessing about these different things. Uh, whether oral fixations or whatever, but food is a super, super common one. And it makes me think of this uh, book called Super Better. Do you guys remember me mentioning that ever before? Super we just thought that you were talking funny? Yeah. No. Super Better. It's this really cool book that a, um, I think she was a neuroscience PhD student wrote and now has a, a big company that does a lot of research and development and therapy for people or, or at least studies that are helping improve cognitive therapy. But one of the things that she found was that you can help break addiction through games and you can help with all sorts of things like post-traumatic stress and mental rehabilitation after strokes and that sort of thing, which was her case. Like she, um, she was a, a PhD student in neuroscience and she was also a runner and one day she was in the kitchen. She had really strong legs because she was a runner. And she stood up really fast and hit her head on the on the counter and gave herself short-term memory loss that lasted over a year. And while she was trying to like finish her PhD, she was trying to also remember what she was supposed to do that day. And She's trying to remember what her PhD was in? Yeah. It was really, really bad. Like She couldn't leave the house because she would forget where she was going. It was like, like a goldfish level. Um, and it was really debilitating for her and the doctors weren't sure if it was going to come back because usually it either comes back fairly quickly within a week or two 
Or if it doesn't, there's another window where it normally comes back after like three months. And then if you miss that window, then a lot of times it doesn't come back for like a year. And if you miss that, you might be permanently screwed. So it had been close to a year for her. And she started um, she started redirecting her PhD studies towards cognitive therapy through gameplay. And she started creating little mental games for herself to... Uh, to work on it and you know, making progress in these things of like, are you reading us this whole book right now? No, I just, <laughs> I really like this book. I just have to say, I'm sorry. The plumber just left and I had undone my pants. <laughs> too tight, and I stood up to say goodbye. And my pants nearly fell off. Oh <laughs> like, is it, maybe I shouldn't leave yet. Mm. Yeah. He was like, what kind of podcast is this? We're talking about cravings. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> So the relevance it has to this is there she had made note about how Tetris was useful for as an appetite suppressant and it show, it was like clinically successful in reducing caloric intake in overeaters. And one of the reasons for that is like a lot of the times that when we have a habit of overeating, it's comfort food. It's like a mental pattern to just think of the food. Like as soon as you finish like your work for the day or you want like you get a frustrating email you just instantly think of something that will bring dopamine and pleasure and so you'll think of like oh french fries or cookies or can whatever it is mm-hmm. so it's well, yeah, a well, tetris can have you you know bolted to your computer for eight hours at a time yeah because it's so it's like very like i don't necessarily like the game but i i mean i used to and now there's much better video games but it's so visually um engaging like your mind is constantly having to like do these really quick kind of like fun problem solving things and it's very much occupying the visual cortex of your brain yeah i totally would get that too yeah which is all we talked like we have we have a few episodes on like eating disorders and stuff too that you guys can find on kick it naturally and with things like this a lot of times it is a lot more than just the physiology you still have to break the habit of what you're doing but what we find is that in most cases, someone needs to help their body get what it really needs first before they even have a chance at winning that competition of trying to change their habits through other measures. Yeah, um, yeah, that's that's definitely true, and I think that's you know it's good that we talked about the physiology of it first because that's probably uh, the biggest deal in most cases. But there is also this aspect of it of like just the habit, and what they found was like that. As little as like 10 minutes of gameplay a day could re-pattern the mental uh, sort of habit of when you stand up from your desk, instead of thinking about a donut, you think about like the little squares moving down like the chart and like what you would do to like manipulate it to get like the right level, you know? So you start... to play Tetris. Yeah. And, you know, lots of games uh, can work and they don't have to be video games. I use shoots and ladders. That's what I use. Right. (laughs) It doesn't work for me. That's just I mean, my thing. It could I, was, be, I was doing Candyland for a while, but I found that shoots and ladders worked better. Yeah, it's a little embarrassing on on the on right. The, like Candyland. Cards against humanity. Yeah. Yeah. Uh-huh. yeah. But yeah, those. But all those games where it's like kind of like very engaging, even like first person shooter games were especially helpful in like recovery, and um, other like really quick games like Tetris and Pong and that sort of thing. Uh, it would just occupy that mental space. 
and help break patterns of overeating. So we're going to get emails. We're going to get emails next week of thank you, Will. I have broken my desire to eat all this stuff, but I got fired because I was then sitting on the couch for twelve hours playing Tetris straight. Yeah, exactly. But I mean, like, finally, it is true because I've been one of those people before that have been like, of course, there was things wrong with my physiology that I didn't understand. But also just the uh, coping mechanism of it, how I'd coped for the last 30-something years of my life was always eating. You know, if I'm stressed, I'm eating. If I'm sad or depressed or this or that, it was like I was just filling some void. Uh, And a lot of it was physiology, but a lot of it was just that's how I thought I had to. So like learning a different way, like your Tetris or going for a walk when you get stressed or calling a friend or, you know, getting in a group or something that can you know, change that way that you yeah. deal with stuff. And another thing that Kenna used to tell us about a lot, too, and this relates perfectly to this, is that a person can fix physiology to where they're not, you know, so addicted to something like alcohol or, or drinking and or even sugar or something like that. They can take those steps, but then it's not just the habit of that. It's it's different habits of like every time you go out, you're in the habit of having a drink with your friends, and that becomes a new thing that you have to learn how to overcome. Even if you've overcome it successfully at home and on a regular daily basis, those habits can translate to other activities or occasional activities in your life. So maybe uh, if Kenna was going out drinking and she had to try and stop doing that you know, without with her friends, maybe if she was playing a game while she was out at that bar, maybe playing darts yeah. would have helped or, you know, competing well, in a wet t-shirt concert or contest yeah. or something like that. Riding a mechanical mm-hmm. bull. Right. Any, yeah. Any of that kind of stuff. Just like that is how I'd set my life up. And I mean, yeah, you can stay home for a while, but eventually you're going to have to go out and be part of the world and be social again. And you just have to learn techniques that can get you through. Maybe you get like a glass that looks like you've got alcohol in it and it's just soda water with a lime, but you feel like now you're not as, you know, um, self-aware or self-conscious because you're the only one not drinking. You know, you don't even have to tell other people because when they've been drinking, they don't know. They're already loopy, so they have no idea, you know? Kenneth seems drunk most of the time anyways, so that's fine. Yeah, and we have a whole episode on eating disorders, so, you know, go for that, go to Kick It Naturally, you know, on Stitcher, iTunes, and you can just put in the search bar, eating disorders. Okay, that's a good one. So games, we rocked, we talked about something other than digestion, Will, that was pretty exciting. I try, I try. Okay, let's go, let's see what Wilson says. Okay, but first, if you'd like to learn how to become a health coach or even just dig into more advanced teachings for yourself or your family, go to healthprocourse.com to learn more about Tony and Will's online course for coaches. Also, today, all of our listeners can get a free audiobook from audible.com. Audible.com. Just go to kickinthenuts.com forward slash audiobook for details. All right, Wilson from Home Improvement. All right. I'm hypoglycemic, so I'm hungry all the time, at least every three to four hours. I'm not overweight, so I don't need appetite control necessarily, but I'd love any advice on making my, insul- making my insulin weaker or my liver stronger so I don't need to eat constantly. And nobody caught that home improvement? I caught it, but I was thinking, well, I think Wilson's a girl, so it threw me off a little bit. I don't know. I'm oh, 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 oh. Sorry, Wilson. That's okay, but I, home improvement was a good time. Yeah, and Wilson, who is a girl, is from Atlanta, Georgia. Good job. 
Um, so, uh, you know, hypoglycemia is, is one of the most common things that causes this major issue is uh, a lot of times when someone is hypoglycemic, the, it just so happens that they also often happen to be um, electrolyte deficient. And it, it may be, we, you know, this is not the case with everybody, but that may be what kind of drove that person to eating more carbs because of their inability to properly digest proteins and fats correctly. So they get in this habit of consuming a lot of carbs, and uh, it kind of changes their physiology a little bit, makes their insulin a little bit stronger, overpowering. So now when they eat the carbs, they get the huge spike and crash in blood sugar. So this is not a rule. But uh, it's very frequent, and what we usually see is that when someone's insulin is overly powerful, that their urine pH will be a little higher, usually over 6.5 even. And if they can take the steps that will help bring that urine pH down, a lot of times it will make the insulin react in not such an overpowering way. Now, this is not a, a formula or a rule. It's just something we commonly see, right, Will? Yeah. Yeah, it can help augment the strength of insulin because different enzymes have different strengths in different pH ranges, and that's that's one little alteration that can help change the strength of insulin. Right, and the next thing that could that could change what's going on is to you change the way that you're eating, but of course you have to qualify to change. You have to improve your ability to break down proteins correctly. You have to be um, eating higher quality foods uh, that would have more nutrients in there that your body would need so that it it doesn't just eat that and say, I, I didn't get what I thought I was going to get. Um, I need nutrition, so give me something else, and I'm going to be hungry every few hours. So that's one thing. Uh, and then as you improve your digestion, you can change the way you're eating and reduce the amount of carbs you're taking in. Yeah, and I mean, there are some strategies where people would uh, they'd intentionally induce hypoglycemia just by like, getting on a fully ketogenic diet. And I, I don't necessarily advocate that, but one thing I do want to point out about when you do enable yourself to be able to metabolize and or to properly digest and assimilate the calories that come from fats and from proteins – your your body's just going to be able to maintain energy production uh, much better than if you're on, if you're only just like continually returning to carbohydrates every thirty forty five minutes or whatever. If you're if you really work on it, so, that, so you have enough stomach acid to break down proteins and you have good bile flow, you have the enzymes that you need to to really turn those foods into fuel. It'll help keep your blood sugar much more stable. So I would I would dig a little deeper if I was this individual rather than just like sort of brandishing myself as I have hypoglycemia I would look and ask myself why do I have hypoglycemia right. It's not a genetic thing that you're stuck with it's just uh it's the way that your physiology is operating at this time Yeah And All right. let's let's say one more thing uh, I don't remember what the one more thing is but I think we should say one more thing one more. Do I? You want me to say it also, or is that two I, more things? I just can't remember what the one more thing was that I wanted to say. I, I got excited about something else, and it, it left my brain. Okay. <laughs> um, oh well, Will had just said something about rather than just name yourself hypoglycemic, find out why you're hypoglycemic, and then you started to say one more thing, and I started to interrupt you. So. 
Well, cool. Listen. Well, Wilson from Home Improvement. <laughs> okay. <laughs> let's, right. let's go on. I'll, I'll come back to it if I remember. All right, Bonnie, what is your take on bentonite clay supposed to calm cravings and act like a detox? Uh, it does work well as a detox. It kind of helps to adsorb to toxins, which means toxins will come and kind of stick to it. And then as it leaves the body, it'll bring those toxins with it. Um, I've never heard of it as far as uh, helping any type of appetite kind of stuff. But if you think about its ability to remove toxins from the body, uh, a lot of times a lot of the resources that we have are going towards dealing with the, a toxic environment, and that leaves fewer resources left to the body to do all the other functions that it needs to do. So when we can reduce a toxic load, which kind of brings us a little bit back to what Wilson says about you know, her liver being so weak and how can I help that be stronger, um, when we can remove the toxic load on the body, that's less work on the liver, that's less work and less resources that need to go towards the function of removing junk, and then more resources can go towards the body functioning correctly, and now the body's not screaming for extra resources all the time. So those things can kind of tie together, uh, and that's as much of a direct correlation that I can pull. Do you have something else, Will? No, no, I think that's pretty spot on. I, I just hesitate to use clay like that um, for just a regular purposes. I think it can be useful as can charcoal can also be useful for detoxifying purposes. Occasionally if there's like a severe bout of like food poisoning, that that is known to be helpful. But in general, like bentonite clay is like a super highly alkaline uh, mineral compound right. that can really interfere with the stomach acidity. Yeah, so that and with charcoal, we like to see people use away from food. And it's not something that I ever have anybody use indefinitely. It's just yeah. for episodes like Will was talking about. Like food poisoning, man, charcoal is the captain. I That, that works really, really well and can reduce the life of a, a food poisoning episode. So yeah. uh, that's it for questions that we have. Let's just kind of wrap this up a little bit. Um, and, and I think that if you're dealing with this thing where you feel like your appetite is out of control, you need to look at your physiology to see what's, is there something that's really whacked? And you're likely going to find something. And if not, you may have some digestive symptoms that are going on that can give you some clues that, hey, maybe digestion is not working correctly. What are, what are some of the main symptoms that a person, if they're dealing with that, that's a strong sign that they need to improve digestion so they can pull more nutrients out of the food they're eating? Well, I'd say the two biggest ones are, I think, slightly obvious, like constipation is maybe less obvious and diarrhea is probably more obvious. But in both cases, there's malabsorption going on. One really, really common uh, thing that I'll hear people dealing with is uh, they'll be like constipated, but then they'll, they'll be hungry, but they'll still feel full. Because they literally are full still, like their their food hasn't processed through their system, but it also hasn't given them nourishment because it hasn't been properly broken down. It's just kind of sitting in their stomach or sitting in their intestine, and it's making them like physically feel full, but then they still have cravings because they they need more fuel. That fuel that they ate isn't getting processed properly. So I think that kind of thing, if you're constipated, it's a big, big issue that food is not getting broken down and moved through you in, you know, a, in a timely or effective manner. 
And then if you have diarrhea and loose stools, then also you're you're very you're you're very blatantly not assimilating your food properly, and it's and it's there could be a lot of different reasons why that's happening. But those are big red flags that would I think uh, clue a person into like oh yeah, but definitely my digestion is not working properly, and that's going to affect uh, how well you absorb the food you eat, and that's going to affect cravings. Yeah, and some of the things to keep an eye out for is if if you're bloated or you're having acid reflux, or, uh, you know, stomach pains after eating, or uh, nausea, or acne. Um, I think that's most of the main ones. Anything else we left out, Kenna? Uh, I don't know. Gas. Gas. Gas is another one. There you go. There you go. Gas. I don't know why I thought of that when I was thinking about your plumber. I just, I feel like most plumbers would have gas the way their pants hang down like that. Well, mine was hanging down this time, so there you oh, go. Oh, right, yeah. You, you, you taught him. You gave him a taste of his own medicine there. Yeah, hmm. there you go. Here's for all the years. Right. Okay, so, yeah, so those are the things. Look at the, the digestion stuff. Um, make sure that your pHs are not out of whack that's making you use food too quickly. Uh, we didn't talk much about breath rate and how that's important. to You may be ripping through fuel too quickly, or it may take you too long to... Um, oxidize and utilize food correctly. So breath rate would be another important thing to look at. And we, and we teach how to look at all these things in our uh, almost free four-week digestion course. And you can learn a little bit about them in that uh, quick start download at Kick It Naturally too. Anything else we need to sum up with, Will? Um, I would just note, like, Wilson may be in that case of being a fast oxidizer or mm-hmm. just like an under-assimilator, like whether it's poor digestion just not getting a lot of nutrition from her food, or maybe if she is, a, I don't know if it's he or she, is a, a fast oxidizer that could result in lower blood sugar levels more frequently, and they could follow the tips that you recommend in your books or in the course about correcting the carb burner imbalance. Right. So the, the main idea is that you don't want to find a, a quick fix thing that's going to suppress your appetite, because if it's suppressing your appetite, it's just blocking your body's signal that it's trying to tell you that, hey, things are not going well. It's not working like we had planned. So instead of shutting off that signal, you want to fix the underlying cause that your body is trying to tell you needs to be fixed and let your body get the nutrition that it needs. It, a lot of things can improve when your body gets the nutrition that it needs to function correctly. Yeah, it's like I remember that one Oprah that was like, you know, the universe sends you signals, and at first it might be a little nudge and then a little tap, and then all of a sudden you hit a brick wall. So if you just sit there and ignore your body over and over and over for years, you know, something might, something big might happen at some point. Right, sitting on the you toilet know? 12 times a day is your body saying, yeah, hey, this, this, yeah, this isn't going well. And, you know, if, you know if, if you listen to it early on, you can fix things. And you can, you can always usually improve. But sometimes it hits that point where it's like, this is going to need something major, you know. So. Okay, cool. All right. If you want to learn more about how to look at your own chemistry, you can read any of Tony's books or take the almost free four-week digestion course at kickitnaturally.com. Or you can download our free quick start guide. You can also find more information at Will Hottipatati Schmidt's website, mybodyofknowledge.net, or learn more about how to become a health coach at healthprocourse.com. Cool. I think that's it, guys. All right, we'll see you guys next week. All right, later.